Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that's secretly dead, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? It's not so secret. I know. I just I'm doing all right, Cortland. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm kind of tired, but I'm always whatever. dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you don't have like a secret ghost girlfriend that's like, hey, hey, come, come, extra die with me. You know? Yeah, that would be a bit awkward. My wife would probably not approve. No, she'd be like, who's Sheila? <laughs> <laughs> she sounds hideous. <laughs> be like, wife, it's okay. I'm dead. <laughs> it's not cheating if she's not alive. <laughs> anyway, so how are you doing, Brandon? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm actually doing all right. Oh, that's good. You didn't go back to work yet, have you? Not yet. Mm, I did. My feet are horrible i was a crippled old man trying to waddle my way to bed last night (laughs) that sounds fun it wasn't at all oh okay (laughs) then i guess i was just completely wrong no well you're just insensitive (laughs) yeah that's all right it's okay it's whatever it's the new year it's the new year it's the new Cortland. you know yeah (laughs) Woo. 2020 new year's resolution oh i don't do those (laughs) me either they're stupid I know, like, I don't see the point in that. If you're going to do something, just do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I'm going to go work out, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to be like, guys, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yep. I don't care if it's July 18th. If I decide I'm going to do something, it's happening. Except for what actually happens is I say I'm going to do something and then never do it. Well, that's more my speed. Most of the time, I don't do what I'm going to do anyway. Like yesterday, I texted you and I was like, "I'm going to do a schedule for myself for editing." (laughs) Yeah, going to do it. How many times over the last couple of weeks was I like, "I'm going to finish this Are You Afraid of the Dark" comic? (laughs) Because guess what? I didn't draw even a little bit. I was going to ask if you did. I didn't pick up the pen even once. That's okay. It's all right. But I'm going to do it tomorrow. Oh, okay, sure. Um, how was your guys' New Year's over in Australia? I'm st- everything's still on fire? Yeah, everything's still on fire. It's going to be on fire for a long time. Uh, this is the new status quo. Mm-hmm. Fire. Well, the fires aren't near you, though, right? I know I asked no, you already, but... I'm far enough away to just inhale tons of smoke. Uh, mystic vapors, as I like oh, to yeah. call them. <laughs> Inhaling those mystic vapes! Oh yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're not going to sizzle in a fire or worse, not your today. podcasting equipment gets burned. Oh, God. <laughs> Could you imagine this podcast being canceled due to mm, no. burning alive? There would be so many. What a way to people. go. <laughs> they would be like, what is this? I'd be like, I-, I can't. He's dead. And they'd be like, I don't care. Well, Brandon. I'm 31 years old now. I'm I am that crazy yeah. old man I just got. Happy earlier. birthday. Oh, thank you. Do anything exciting for your birthday? Um I got an herb garden that I can plant herbs in like, <laughs> and All right, man. Beer, beer, really, beer, beer. I've been beer, asking for that beer. for a while cuz I I think growing my own herbs and then using them for cooking would be fun. That sounds fancy. It probably is. Like cooking with your own herbs. It just sounds fancy to me. I don't know. It's probably because I'm just... I'm excited. A sloppy human who only eats prepackaged TV dinners every single day. (laughs) Yeah. Shaking your dried parsley. 
Yeah, my freeze-dried fucking salt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, are you ready to get into this episode? I am. All right, let's do it. Ah. So Brandon and I just got done watching The Tale of the Quicksilver. How'd you like it, Brandon? <clears throat> it was pretty good. This was like one of my favorite episodes as a kid. Really? Yeah. Just uh, briefly, uh, what about it did you love so much? Oh, Tatiana Ali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love her. Yeah, okay. I thought that's what you might say. And yeah. it's the best thing about this episode. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like maybe she was just a little bit wasted. Like, she had multiple roles in the episode, <laughs> but... I mean, she was two characters. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like she just could have done more. Okay, um... I don't think it I don't think I really understand too much because I didn't watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air growing up or even today. I haven't watched much of it at all. Wow. And I just remember this episode because it played I don't know. I don't want to say a lot, but like enough for So me you to, liked this episode like, a lot seeing it. as a kid because of her, but it wasn't even yeah. like, "Oh shit, it's Ashley." You just were no, like, oh, "I just thought she was so cool. adorable. I loved her." <laughs> Yeah, okay. She was the cutest thing. Alright. Also, I like the monster in it. I think it's Um, okay. I, uh, have no strong feelings either way about the quote-unquote villain of this episode. And I feel like the villain doesn't have strong feelings either. No, for sure. After watching this now, I'm like, it still looks cool, but it doesn't really do anything. It's just kind of there. Yeah. But let's get down into this episode. Let's let's get going. Yes, let's discuss the see deets. What, see what the as the cool kids say. Alright, let's do it. The episode begins and there's this really cool aerial shot of the campfire. I think they did this once in season two. Um, but they just had, had fun with the, the camera work, I think. Sam and Kiki, they're laying down, Benny Ann's tending to the fire, with Gary sitting at the throne, and Frank is just starting to walk up to everybody from the pathway. We cut over to Sam and Kiki, and Sam says, It's a beautiful night. And Kiki says, It's just right for a tale of terror. Mm-hmm. And from behind the girls jumps Tucker, who screams out, Ha! And scares the girls, of course. We switch to Gary, who asks Tucker what he's doing. Tucker tells him he's getting ready for Fright Night. What else? And then he lifts the worst instrument ever, a recorder, to his lips. And he just starts screeching out some notes from it. Sam begs him to stop <laughs> while her yeah, and Kiki cover their ears. Why do they let him be in the Midnight Society? I they know, to, man. I know he's Gary's brother and Gary can't come, but do we really need Gary either? Is he really <laughs> worth Tucker? He is the Midnight Society leader, so yeah. We can get a new leader. Well, Sam asks what that infernal music device is, and Tucker tells her it's a magic flute from his dad's shop. It's supposed to summon rain. But that's not a flute at all. Tucker, you're an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) It's a recorder. He doesn't even play it on the side like a flute. Mystical piccolo. (laughs) That is a dollar store recorder, Tucker. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) It really is. He's like, oh, I borrowed it from music class. (laughs) (laughs) You did not get that from your dad. It's a thousand years old. 
ancient druids would play tunes to summon trolls. Why was the recorder ever made? Says Kmart right on it, Tucker. (laughs) Made in China, huh, Tucker? One time I took a recorder and I was like messing around with somebody who was next to me in music class. And I pointed it right at their ears and I held my hand over the like blowholes and I blew into it thinking that it would be silent and it wasn't (laughs) silent. (laughs) It gave off the worst screech right to this kid's ear. (laughs) Oh, what was the aftermath of that? Probably permanent like hearing damage to this child. Fair enough. I apologize though, so it should all be good. Yeah, if you say you're sorry, there's, I mean... What more can you do? I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to deafen you. He was you. like, huh? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> we cut to Gary, who gives Tucker a look while angrily flipping his pouch closed. And back to Tucker. He blasts a few more notes from his recorder, and he walks over to Gary, who tells Tucker he isn't supposed, supposed to take, take dad's dad stuff. stuff. Even though Gary takes dad's stuff all the all time. All the time. Like, monkey bump dust. Like, every one of his stories, he's like, I swiped this from my dad. I pinched a couple of this from my dad. He just stole the black-brimmed hat from his dad's shop and then told a story about it. But he's like, Tucker, don't you even take stuff from dad? Stop. Anyway, in response, Tucker lifts the recorder and he just blasts a note right into Gary's ear, (laughs) making him tone deaf. Just like I did to that kid. Tucker twirls around a little and then gets to Frank, who stands up and he starts cracking his knuckles, and that gets Tucker to finally stop. He looks at his recorder and he complains, saying, Dad's magic never works. And then from behind him pops Kiki, who grabs Tucker's shoulders and says, Never say never. Maybe you're just doing it wrong. And Tucker looks at his recorder and he says, You think? And Kiki grabs it, saying, You never know the power of something magical until it's been tested. We cut over to Frank, who's got this dumb-ass-fuck look on his face, and he says, I hope this is about your story. And then back with Kiki, she says, If you believe in magic, then you know it could be very powerful, but only if you understand how to use it. And we look at Gary, who's sitting next to Sam, and he looks around and at Sam like he's the only one that heard any of that. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you caught that or not. He's just like, Was Betty in there? Huh? Uh, she was. She was tending to the fire at the beginning, but I don't think she gets a line at all in this episode. No, I don't recall her at all. Maybe that's why you don't like it so much. Yeah, shit episode. Nobody in. (laughs) Let's move on to the next one. Cutting back to Kiki, she says, Magical powers can be used for good, but if you figure out what you're doing, back off, because that same power could turn against you. The kids look interested. Kiki reaches in the bag of monkey bone dust. She says, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The Tale of the Quicksilver. Uh, that intro has nothing to do with this episode. Not really. There's nothing about them not knowing how to use magic and then it fucking them up. That doesn't happen. No. <sighs> nice try, Kiki. <laughs> it's just the kind of magic Carrie likes. Yeah, she was just trying to entice Gary. He was like, oh, what the, oh, gosh, you guys hear this? And nobody was, like, nobody cared. Why did Tucker bring a prop to the Midnight Society? Isn't he usually the one who's going to tell the Man, story? I don't know. Who brings the prop? And... I thought it made it sound like he was going to tell the story. Yeah. As soon as I saw him with the re- that recorder, I thought, oh, another Tucker? That's like the fourth one. I vividly remember this being a Kiki story, and I was like, oh man, did I remember wrong? Is it a Tucker? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a Tucker. No, it's not. Thank God. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> so the tale opens up with a shot of a two-story house at night. The camera's panning through some tree branches. The music's spooky. It it sounds almost like Tim Burton score to me with this little mm-hmm. number. Interesting you should say that. Did you think that as well? I thought that, but it was the next thing that happens that also reminded me of Tim Burton. Well, let's get there. We cut to inside the house. We see a girl drawing on the wall with a piece of chalk. Drawing a door and a piece of chalk, just like Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, that is like Beetlejuice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. She says, to trap a creature at night, draw a door on the wall with chalk so bright. <laughs> Is this Mother Goose's first devil summoning book? I don't know. I wondered that later. (laughs) I don't get it. She opens up a book. She reads from it to herself. On the ground, she has plates, some candles on them. The girl's in a nightdress. She picks up a spoon. She attaches it to the end of a stick. And then she flips some more pages in her book and unravels a cloth to show some sort of like white stone, like a big salt crystal or something. She says the magical words, ending with, Creature Creature of Darkness, come come to me. me. And then the girl, she slowly looks up, and we see the actress. (laughs) So fucking metal. It's Tatiana Ali. (laughs) This episode starts with, like, a 12-year-old girl summoning Satan. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty hardcore. It's, It's a lot, yeah. As we had said earlier, she's best known as Ashley Banks in The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't know. How old do you think she is in this? I guess she would um, be like 12, wouldn't she? 13, I'm going to say. It's. I mean, later on it says that she's in junior high school. Well, I'm going to have a problem with the timeline a little later, but... Uh... Well, I assumed that what we're witnessing right now was in, like, the 1930s. <laughs> well, because of her... Because of her... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the candles, just it just seemed old. Yeah, but it's not. Nope. It's like 1991. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) We look over at that chalk doorway that this girl just drew, and we see a figure start to emerge from it. And after a few moments, it comes through, and it looks like some sort of tall man in brown shrouds for clothing. Looks kind of sleepy. It looks like the stock evil wizard character that we've seen with goth and with nazrak they just kind of all look the same i think like i like the design of it mostly just the face um because i mean that's the shrouding the brown shroud is i mean we've seen it in you know bookish babysitter and all that stuff um but i like the face it looks really sunken in they did a good job with the makeup of it looking it looks like a ghoul yeah um what do you think this thing is i always thought it was a poltergeist when i was a kid i guess it would be it's not actually some kind of all-powerful demon or anything it's something tied to this house right yeah i think so so it's just some chump ass ghost who just chills in this one house and scares ashley banks (laughs) yeah um I looked on IMDb, and for some reason, they put it. As, they list it as a zombie. This is not a zombie. <laughs> I mean, so, it, if it's someone who died and then comes back, like that's kind of a zombie, even if you're a ghost. 
We can get in the ghost versus zombies argument all night. Nobody's ever had a ghost versus zombie argument. All ghosts are zombies, but not all zombies are ghosts. <sighs> okay, well, <laughs> the girl commands this thing to stay where it is with her little spoon on a stick. And then she sets it down, but accidentally knocks over a candle. She fumbles for that big salt crystal, and we see the candle roll over to start a fire on some clothes or some window curtains or whatever. Um, she lifts up the crystal, and she says, Arabarius loco radet. I command you, enter this amulet. Amulet. And um, you have to say it so it rhymes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, though. Um, my thought here at this point was, man, season three has no idea what an amulet is. <laughs> uh, amulets, talismans, onks. They're all just things. Yeah, but this is not an amulet. It's like a salt crystal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like people put this on, like rub their feet on it to draw their toxins <laughs> out. If you put it on a chain, it becomes an amulet. Okay, that pebble from the carved stone was also not an amulet. I don't know what they're talking about. That's true. Not even a little bit. Well, this creature, it does not listen to Ashley Banks. It no, instead walks closer to her. And we look over and we see that the candle has started a fire in this girl's room. So the girl, she steps back and away from the monster, commanding it to enter the amulet. The drapes on her window are now totally engulfed in fire. She turns to leave the room, but the door slams in her face. The monster's closing in on her as she's banging on the door. The fire rises. She screams a whole bunch, and then the scene fades to a sign saying that there was a house for sale, but it's now sold. Of course. How many of these stories start with someone moving into a house? Uh, At least half of them now. Yeah, and of course it's a kiki one because she loves moving so much. I know, I thought that too. (laughs) What a crazy introduction, because we didn't get a voiceover from Kiki. We don't know anything, except that this girl is probably dead. It's a good bet. Crazy. The craziest part to me, too, is that right after that scene, we see that this house was sold, and then we get some upbeat 90s music that just (laughs) does not seem very fitting. Just after a girl (laughs) was murdered by either a monster or fire, either one. (laughs) Not great. <laughs> no. We just watched a teenage girl die. <laughs> but whatever. Inside the house, we see the other characters in the episode. We got mom. We got dad. We got the older brother, Aaron, and little brother, Doug. Fun fact here, Brandon. Yeah? Aaron, the older brother, is played by Jason Ali Sharon. Unless I mm. said his name wrong. Which... But that's Frank's brother. Like, Frank's real-life brother. Really? Yeah. That's interesting, because I thought he had a Frankish quality. <laughs> I thought, he's a bit Frankish. He's got a lot of the same Frank DNA. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I said that wrong. Aaron's played by Kyle Alisharan, not Jason. Jason Alisharan is Frank. My bad. Anyway. <sighs> well, I hope both of them are not listening to this. I mean, Frank could listen, and I, it, Facebook still wants me to be friends with him. I just haven't done it yet. But Frank's brother Kyle, he wasn't in a whole lot of other stuff, but he was airport worker from Snakes on a Plane. Huh. I've never seen that movie. You haven't? Nope. And I will continue not having seen that movie forever. I feel like I have seen it, and I don't know why, and I don't know when, but I think it happened. Was it just a, let's check this movie out, or were you part of the internet fervor? 
Hell no. No, it was a... Oh, this is on. I think it might have been when I lived with my my mom and stepdad and they had HBO. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, let's see what this is about. This and movie about has snakes in it, planes. planes in it. Sure. Let's check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Two was, things you uh, love. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never had a snake and I've never been on a plane. But yeah, let's, let's do it. I thought maybe it was going to be Con Air, but instead of cons, it was snakes. You know? You never know. <laughs> snake Nicolas Cage. It'd be pretty great. The terrible accent. Snake of Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Snake Chappelle. <laughs> uh, the other kid, Doug, is played by Stuart Stone, who is in a lot of other stuff, but it's mostly voice work for children's shows. And um, Mom and Dad, of, of course, are just not worth mentioning, so I didn't even look them up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty The Mom pretty and Dad, accurate. they're basically not even in this episode. There might as well be, like, cardboard cutouts that say mom and dad. I just slide into the room and slide out. If DJ McHale re-rebooted Are You Afraid of the Dark and was like, Hey, Cortland, do you want to be an, a, a, a parent in one of my episodes? I'd be like, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I might as well just at, be in, like, a commercial. At best, you're nothing, and at worst, you completely endanger your child and hate them. <laughs> Which might be fun to play, actually. Oh, you know what? Yeah, DJ, I'll do it. Just being a parent who hates their child and actively just works against them, that'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be like a a wacky mix-up from my everyday life. So the family (laughs) walks inside the house and and Dad says, well, this is it, gang, home sweet home. And Doug looks around and he says, it's big. And Aaron looks over at his little brother and tells him... Last one up gets the lumpy bed. <laughs> Why do they have a lumpy bed? I don't know. Are, they're bringing a lumpy bed with them? Yeah. Make sure you pack the lumpy bed. Who had the lumpy bed before? If you buy a I new house, that's... like, whoever's bed that was, it doesn't just, you know, you don't just roll just the dice for bed. everything in the house. These parents just bought this beautiful two-story house Buy your children a different bed. <laughs> Aaron runs upstairs. And Doug stays behind. Mom walks up to him saying, Well, go on up after him. You might win. But Doug tells his mom that he likes the lumpy bed. Oh, well, problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> if you like it, just take it. <laughs> Obviously, Aaron doesn't want it. He's not going to fight you for it. Doug walks up anyway. Mom and Dad, they laugh, and then they shake their head, and then they walk away. <laughs> lumpy bed. <laughs> like old kids, lumpy bed. <laughs> Torn clothes. <laughs> <laughs> These kids are like Aladdin. <laughs> Street rats. <laughs> up in the room with the lumpy bed, Doug walks in, and then he gets a breeze through his hair, and he's like, Oh, it's cold in here. As Aaron walks out from another room with a football in his hands, telling them that they have their own bathroom and that this place is great. Well, let's go get our stuff. It'd be pretty cool to have your own bathroom, though, I gotta say. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I'd take a lumpy bed for that. I wouldn't. (laughs) Lumpy bed sounds like the worst. It is pretty cool, though. I've never had a room that had its own bathroom attached to it, but I've been in rooms that have had their own bathroom bathrooms attached to it, and they're pretty great. Were they called hotels? No, although my I have been in hotels like that, but no. One of my friends, um, 
his house, he had an attached bathroom for his bedroom, which was weird because you would think that the parents would want that, but whatever. Cool. Yeah. We switch scenes, and the two boys are about to walk upstairs with boxes in their hands. They're tired, so they collapse at the bottom of the stairs. Mom pops up, and she says, Okay, that's it for now. It's bedtime. And the boys grumble like they want to stay up and move more of their shit for some reason? Well, it's because outside it looks like it's like 4.30. Does it? So I didn't look. I wouldn't want to go to bed either. But they are like, Oh, Mom, I want to move more stuff. Like... I get that this is a geeky story, but... Yeah, it's a geeky story. (laughs) Moving is the best thing you can do. Aaron's like, um, I think we gotta skip school tomorrow. And Mom laughs. Doug agrees, saying, yeah, there's plenty to unpack. School can wait. And Mom tells him, no, it can't. (laughs) She looks at Doug. (laughs) Fuck you. And she asks him if he's feeling okay. And he says he is. And Mom tells the kids that they both look like shit, that they're exhausted, so hit the sheets. They groan, and Mom tells them... No staying up late until it's scary stories. Doug heads upstairs. Aaron looks at his mom and she tells him she means it. Because every time he tells his little brother spooky stories, it scares him half to death. Aaron sighs. He goes up to bed. They say night to their mom. And then we switch scenes. In the kids' room, Doug is sleeping on that lumpy bed, all peaceful-like, when Ooh, suddenly... He loves it. Give me that lumps. Lump it up. When suddenly... <laughs> Both beds start to shake and rattle, like, really violently. Aaron screams, hey, cut it out. And Doug's like, it's not me. And Aaron yells at Doug again, and Doug's like, it's not me, I swear. But Aaron, what the fuck, man? Of course it isn't your little brother. (laughs) He's causing those earthquakes again. It made no sense. Aaron jumps up, he turns on the light, and then the bed stops shaking. And he asks, what was that? And Doug says that it felt like an earthquake. The boys look over at the corner of their room, and there's just a bunch of their shit all stacked up for some reason. The boys get closer to it, and Doug says, Mom says no scary stuff. And Aaron tells him he didn't do anything, and of course Doug doesn't believe him. We look at this stacked shit some more, and there's like a computer monitor and just a bunch of chairs and stuff. It's all stacked in this tower in the corner of their room. Mm -hmm. Aaron looks at his brother and he says, Oh, I get it. It's payback for telling you those scary stories at the hotel last night. Well, sorry, pal, but I don't scare like you. And the kids look over at the wall, and they see this big green capital Q spray-painted or something on the wall. It's very neat. It's stenciled. It's a stenciled Q. Doug gets all huffy and says, You are so full of it. And the kids move over to stand in front of the large Q on the wall, slapping each other. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My notes are stupid (laughs) here. They're slapping at each other, saying, yeah, 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 you know, like brothers do. And then Aaron grabs Doug's head, and he puts him in a sleeper hold, and they stop for a moment. And Aaron says, wait, shouldn't we clean this up? The kids wait for a moment, and then they say, nah, in unison, as the scene fades. Yes. Okay, if this happened in your room, would you sleep in that room after that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really scary. I mean, it it is because the bed shake and that's like, you know, is this house going to collapse on my head sort of thing? But the yeah. stacking things up in a corner, that's just weird. Okay, yeah, but it happened. Like, neither one of these brothers did that. Would you be like, oh, look at that. Okay, back to, you know, like. I'm going to say probably not. I would at least be like, what the hell? 
I would I would probably move downstairs to like the sofa or something if that's even in their house yet. I don't know. If they don't have a lumpy sofa, Doug's not going anywhere. Well, anyway. <laughs> Next up we're in school. There's a bunch of kids with just these nondescript shirts and they're all funneling into a classroom. We see Aaron, he's looking around, and then he gets bumped into by a girl, which drops his books. And the girl is played by Tatiana Ali. Oh, snap. I know. It's Ashley again. She back. Aaron apologizes. The girl says, no problem. And then she walks away with a smile. She sits down at her seat and Aaron gets approached by the teacher. She introduces herself. I didn't write down her name because I don't like her. And, <laughs> and tells him she'll introduce him to the class. And then she does that, introducing Aaron Johnston. She tells him to go take a seat next to Connie. As he walks by the other kids to get to his seat, a wind blows, and all the kids' papers get blown to the ground like he's some sort of fucking wind vacuum or something. I don't get it. Aaron apologizes only to Connie, and then he goes to pick up her papers or whatever, and the two kids slam their heads into each other, much like Sean and Jennifer did from the Tale of the Dream Machine. Yeah, that's just the most charming and romantic thing you can do. Slapping skulls. That's what Kiki thinks. It's just like her trope or something. And then they headbutted each other again and they fell in love. Well, that's what it takes. You gotta ram skulls together. Because they do that again later. Like, spoilers. This isn't the first time. They do it I like mean, three times. This isn't the last time. Yeah. The teacher looks at Aaron and says, Mr. Johnston, please take your seat. So he does, and now the kids are forced to open their geometry books to page 60. The teacher starts doodling on the blackboard. We look at Aaron. He's sitting at his desk, and then his desk begins to levitate, and none of the kids notice nobody, for some reason. Nobody sees it. They don't care. I don't, it makes no that sense. That doesn't make any sense. The desk falls to the ground because, I mean, of course it does. The teacher's doodle is ruined, and Connie gets spooked. Aaron looks up at the teacher who slams her book closed and takes some steps towards him. She asks Aaron if he's a comedian, and Aaron stutters out a, No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> not a good one. No. <laughs> no, that's not funny at all. Boo. <laughs> the teacher says, Good, because we don't tolerate comedians in this classroom. Pick up your things. And then she tells the class they'll be having a quiz tomorrow, so she, so she suggests that they take some notes. Back with Aaron, he sees his eraserless pencil on the ground, which also, I don't know if it even had lead or not, but he goes to reach for it, and of course it scoots away from him. At this point, like, this ghost isn't scary, but it no. is annoying as hell. Could you imagine something yeah. following you around that just fucks with your life constantly? You just sit in a chair, and it lifts up, and your phone flies out of your hand, and you're, you take a drink of water and it just flies across the room and spills all over you like how long before you just jump out a window i know like, i just can't I do this too. well okay so aaron crawls on the ground after it and of course it just keeps scooting further and further away from him until the teacher's foot stops it aaron looks up at her and she tells him this isn't looking good mr johnston i'm sorry she says this isn't a good start um so i'm thinking about getting into spoilers right now do you want to yeah, spoil it. Okay, so Aaron and Doug aren't haunted by one ghost. They're haunted by two ghosts. One of them does good things, and the other does bad things. So, is this trying to tell me that that, that monstrous ghost is haunting him right now, 
and it's just scooting his pencil across the floor a little bit. That's I don't like know. His, that's what he's doing. I because later on Doug kind of communicates with the good ghost, and it does the same short sort of shit of flinging things across rooms and shaking things. So is this the good ghost trying to get Connie's attention to like get them to talk? If it was trying to get Connie's attention, it would be lifting up Connie. That's what I thought. I don't. But I don't know. I I just don't know if this is the bad ghost because I have to imagine. He's not just there, like, invisible, like, with his finger on the floor, flicking that pencil across. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's trying to make it look like it's a bad ghost, but maybe it's, maybe it's the good ghost. Just I think it's the good get, ghost. Get Connie and Aaron to, you know, talk or whatever. She's just like, hey, maybe if I, f- like, fucking slam this table down, <laughs> Connie will look this way. Maybe if I can get them to headbutt, they'll fall in love, and then I can go to the wedding. Right. Well, I, I smash cake in their faces. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your secret wall ghost. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. Whether you're new this week, a longtime fan, or anywhere in between, we couldn't be happier you're here to laugh with us through this fun show. If you're interested in getting an official Up All Night sticker sent to you, access to early release episodes, outtakes from our episodes, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island. We have three tiers available, each with their own rewards, and everything donated goes right back into the show. Last week, we were able to get Brandon some new headphones, which should improve our audio quality. So thank you so much to our Golden Bostics Bryce and Kathy, our Silver Goth Brett, and our Bronze Beth Angela for helping our show become even better. We sincerely appreciate it. If you're looking for more laughs, you have to check out our Instagram and our Twitter pages. We create more Are You Afraid of the Dark content than anyone else, including videos, GIFs, memes, and so much more. So stop by, say hi, and give us a follow. You can find us at Private Island Presents on Instagram and at PRVT Island on Twitter. You'll be able to find a link to our social media accounts, our Facebook group, our merch store, and so much more in the Linktree link in our episode description. While our Season 3 wrap-up episode has been recorded, we'd still love to hear from you. You can email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com anytime. We're always happy to chat. At this time, we have recorded our second improv episode, so if you enjoyed the first, be on the lookout for the next one coming soon. If you're loving the show and you want to show your support, give us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, or just give us a shout-out on social media. It's quick and it's easy to do, and it really makes a podcast creator's day. And remember, everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Butter Building, from Kirby's Epic Yarn, composed by Tomoya Tomita. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Speaking of which, he's currently working on the Season 4 artwork. Now I'd like to play the promo for a true crime podcast, Color Me Dead Podcast, with hosts Nikki and Angel, who aren't afraid to go into the gory details of their cases. Hello, murder puppets. Do you like murder most foul? Do you like gory details? Do you love dark humor that offsets the horror? If you do, then come and check us out, the Gory Gals of the Color Me Dead podcast. 
We drop new episodes every Wednesday because on Wednesdays we wear murder. Adopt, don't shop, and stay, stay out, out of chalk, chalk lines. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. We switched scenes. Now some kids are playing some foosball in, like, a common area of the school. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, Doug's there for some reason. Aaron and Doug are just, like, walking down the hallway, and Aaron tells Doug, well, maybe he's jinxed or something, and Doug says, yeah, and then we get a look at Doug, he kind of looks like shit, to which his brother asks if he's feeling okay, which is a very common thing in this episode. Doug says he's fine, Aaron grabs Doug's books and stuff to help him out, and he ends up walking up to Connie, who says hi to Aaron, and that makes Aaron drop his books on the ground, the two of them, like, reach down to grab him, and of course they smash their heads together. Try to pick them okay. Up. Okay. At this point, this is the third time this has happened. And I didn't know what was going on. I thought that Connie was a ghost. And Connie had <laughs> magical powers. And I thought smashing heads was the source of her power. It had to be. Get out of here. <laughs> that is what I thought. I thought maybe she smashes heads with people. And that somehow transfers their energy to her. And that allows her to summon the devil. I just couldn't. I just couldn't imagine why the writers would be like. And then they butted heads again and again and again, and they just keep fucking butting their heads together. <laughs> I don't know, man. I they seen Tatiana Ali, and they were like, she needs to get her head smashed. <laughs> <laughs> man okay so they get up from this ordeal and connie's like ow and then she looks at aaron and she tells him he has a real cool necklace on and aaron's like huh and connie says your necklace i like it and the necklace in question is a silver looking necklace thing with wings i don't know like a pilot's necklace i don't know how to describe it But then Aaron tells Connie that it was his grandfather's, he was a pilot, and these are his silver wings. And Connie tells the kids she'll see them tomorrow. Doug mocks Aaron, saying Aaron's got a girlfriend. And then my notes say they do the do not thing a bunch, and the scene fades. Okay. Did you write notes about the winners don't use drugs poster in the back, like written in crayon? Really Uh -uh. sloppily and just plain letters. No cool picture of, like, a dog with a hat turned backwards or anything. It just says, don't do drugs? It says, winners don't use drugs. Oh, I missed it. Sorry. That's okay. That sounds incredible, though. Well, obviously, whoever wrote this episode didn't follow that fucking rule. No. There had to have been drug use to make this. The Mystic Vapes. Yeah, for sure. So now we're back in Aaron and Doug's room. The two kids are sleeping, and then Aaron opens up a door, and it gets all fuzzy and dreamlike, and we see Aaron is dreaming about going in his own room and watching him and his brother sleep. Yeah. He gets his dream face really close to his IRL face and says, Wow. (laughs) Cool dream. Is it really a cool dream, though? Uh... 
No. I mean, it's pretty boring, really, but... If, you're, if your idea of a cool dream is the same thing you would see if you opened your eyes, then, like, it's not that cool. I mean, he does get to get really close to his face. Dream Aaron stands up, and he looks over, and he sees and hears the scene that we saw at the beginning of the episode. You know, where that girl, perhaps it's Connie, is drawn on a door. She's drawn a door with a chalk on the wall. It's really bright. She's got her book. She's looking at it and whatnot. It's it's honestly it's the same scene as before. Yeah, it is. Aaron calls out to Connie and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he walks up to her and then he karate chops his hand through her head, and he's amazed that it's going through her face. Um, that's not my first thought to do. I wouldn't no. karate chop somebody's face. No, I'd maybe snap my fingers, clap, try to get their attention. I wouldn't immediately go for the slap, but it would be it would be like third on the list. I wouldn't immediately try and like karate chop my hand through their body. I would like tap them on the shoulder. Definitely. Aaron's cuckoo. But he thinks that shit is way cool. Connie summons I'm going to I'm going to say Connie in in quotes. Um yep. she uses the magic words to summon the monster and Aaron asks, "Who are you talking to?" And then from the chalk doorway, the monster pops out, which scares Aaron. Connie commands it to stay where it's at. And we see the candle get knocked over again. She commands it to get in that amulet, and it doesn't. Instead, no. it walks towards her. <laughs> the fire burns. Aaron's looking at this whole thing this time through. This time, though, Connie looks over at Aaron and says, I was wrong. I did it wrong. The door to the room closes. Aaron wakes up screaming, no, <laughs> from his dream. And so this is ridiculous, and I'm going to post it to Instagram because I took a snap of that. So this dream, Connie conjured it into Aaron's mind somehow? I guess so, yeah. She's able to yeah. inject dreams into his mind? Mm-hmm. Dreams of him sleeping on a bed. And then also the scene that played whenever. Well, if she has the power to just bring people into this dream dimension and also communicate with them, I feel like she would have a really easy time of... Getting all her problems solved. Yeah, I agree with you. She could also just not summon that monster in the dream. <laughs> she could, yeah. Um, well, Aaron screaming himself awake wakes up Doug, who asks what's going on. And Aaron looks at him. He jumps over. He turns on the light. And he tells his brother that he just had this nightmare. There was this nasty looking guy. And Connie was there. And Doug rolls his eyes saying, that girl from school figures. And Doug coughs. Aaron asks him if he's feeling all right again. Doug tells him, not really. I think I'm sick. And then the kids look over at their table because Aaron's necklace is scooting itself across the table. It goes down the table legs across the floor. Doug asks Aaron what's going on as they watch this necklace just skate across the floor and under a secret panel. Aaron reaches for it and it reveals this hidey hole in the wall panel. Um, He finds his necklace, a slightly burned yearbook. Uh, that opens up on its own, and it flips to Connie's page, where there's this big Q on her picture. The kids look at it, but it isn't Connie. It says Laura, and then we see another Connie-looking girl right next to her, but her name is burned away. I mean, obviously they're twins. What else could this be? But the kids are interrupted by the sound of something materializing. The kids look up, and that creepy brown shrouded man monster is standing above them, and it's just kind of looking at them. That is what it does. That's its whole thing. It looks at you, 
kind of smiles a little bit, like a little ghost smirk, and it walks. Yes. But how did it get there? Because, I mean, we've only seen it being able to come out of the wall when you chalk up a door. That's if you want to summon it at will. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The kids scream a whole bunch. The monster smiles <laughs> and it walks towards them. <laughs> the kids, they they get up and they start banging on the door. Um, the monster smiles again. And Dad pops open the door casually, asking the, asking the kids what's going on. But they were like, you know, oh my god, Albie, god, there's a man in here. You know, like, yeah. banging on this door. And Dad just pops in like, what's up, guys? <laughs> hey, any ghosts in here? It doesn't make any sense. Your mom and I are trying to get lumpy on our bed. <laughs> trying to make one of our world famous lumpy beds. <laughs> the kids look over. They're asking if they've seen it. And of course the monster's gone. And Aaron asks if they saw that ghost. And dad immediately does not believe the kids. Saying more ghost stories. And Doug tries telling them that it's real this time. And, and mom checks his forehead. And she says he's got a fever. She asks the kids if they've been up all night. And Aaron tells them that there was a ghost that came out of the walls, but mom and dad aren't listening. Dad commands the kids to get to their get their asses to bed right now, and mom ushers Doug into the lumpy bed. <laughs> you take your lumps, kid. <laughs> get him a new bed. That's why he's got a fever. <laughs> no, he likes he it. <laughs> he likes the moldy food and the. <sighs> Mom asks Doug if he's okay, and Doug's like, of course I'm not. A ghost just tried to get us. But Dad tells him to get to sleep, and he'll feel better in the morning. Mom looks at Aaron, she fixes his sheets, and then tells him goodnight. She turns off the light as Dad tells him, no more ghost stories. And they leave the room, and we look at Aaron, who grabs his baseball bat, and he looks around the room all cautiously. (laughs) I I would not sleep in that fucking room. No, at this point, I definitely would be done. For real. Once you see a man smile at you and walk at you slowly, like, that's it. I'm out of there. You just don't ever come back. Uh Uh-uh. The scene fades to another, and we see some crappy drawing of of baseball. And then the burned yearbook from earlier pops into frame. And it says on there, Lake Junior High School Yearbook. And it's bound in the most boring brown cover. Now, I said that it was boring before we see the other book in this episode. Yes. So. I think Kiki's imagination on books is just a bit limited. Very much so, yes. Aaron's got this book in his hands. He's in the hallway of school, and he's waiting around. He looks over, and then he makes his move on ambushing Connie as she's trying to talk to her friends about her fashion or something. He says, hi, Connie. And Connie says, hi, back. And he asks if he can talk to her for a minute alone. She's like, yeah, sure. See ya to her friends and asks Aaron, what's up? And Aaron asks her if if she's related to a girl named Laura Turner. And Connie asks why. Aaron tells her that he has to talk to her. And then Connie gets pissed saying, that's not funny. And she starts to walk away. But Aaron tells her um, he's not trying to be funny. He just wants to know who she is. He's not a comedian, Connie. He's already established this. Yeah. We established this in geometry class, Connie. Come on. Keep Keep up. up. Connie turns around and he tells him that Laura is her twin sister. And then she wants to know who got him to do this. And Aaron tells her, well, no one did. But is there a problem? And Connie then tells us that Laura's dead. (laughs) (gasps) This is the major plot twist of this episode. Yeah, right, right. 
We didn't see that at the beginning of this no. entire episode. This is where M. Night Shyamalan got the idea for The Sixth Sense. <sighs> he watched the third season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And he was like, what? That's why there's that old crusty guy in brown shrouds in The Sixth Sense. I knew it. Aaron looks around at everything except for Connie for a second. Like, his eyes, like, make a silhouette around her. <laughs> Just trace her body. Yeah, they do. And then he tells her sorry, and Connie says, forget it. And she starts to walk away, but Aaron stops her. He lifts the yearbook up and asks if she's ever seen this. And Connie's like, that's Laura's yearbook. Where did you get this? We cut over to Doug, who's coughing, and he's got this most boring gray book that's simply titled Ghosts in his hand. Ghosts? This is worse than the lycanthropy through the ages or whatever that fuck book, yeah. fucking book was. <laughs> that one was just like, why does this book exist? This one is like, what book is this? Someone just wrote a book called Ghosts. No picture, no author, no little blurb on the back like, join us in the world no. of ghosts. Nothing. <laughs> Where did he get this book? Did they have it? Or did he somehow sneak to like the library? Well... It's established that they like to tell ghost stories, so I'm going to guess that they they have some books about ghosts and paranormal things. But there is no book in the world that's just called Ghosts. No, Like, not. video games on the Atari would have names like Adventure and Baseball, but they would have little pictures yeah. on them of adventures yeah. and baseballs. Yeah. <laughs> well, Doug is reading this book. He's looking sick as hell. Oh, he looks like garbage he does they did a good job at making him look sick yes he looks like trash well he's saying poltergeists friendly spirits yeah right quicksilver a teenage girl poltergeist known for leaving the letter q wherever they haunt is this a real thing really oddly specific i don't think so so specific doug's eyes get wide and he says the letter q there was a uh and he looks over at his wall, <laughs> which is different from before because there's a picture on it now. And the giant green cue is just over that picture and on the wall. Doug gets scared and then he like falls out of bed or something. I don't know. When I first watched this episode as a kid, I didn't like the name Quicksilver. I guess I just ignored this part or something. I thought mm-hmm. it had to do with his silver necklace. I think it's like all symbolically linked. I guess. I'm doesn't just not... like doesn't Quicksilver isn't that name a reference to Mercury? I thought so, yeah. But there's no Mercury in this episode. No. I don't know, man. I mean I don't research this stuff, but I've never heard of a go like a teenage girl ghost being known as a Quicksilver. Like why? Okay. Why what Well, I do research this stuff and that's not a thing. Okay. <laughs> The scene fades from the green cue to a cue on the chalkboard at school. It doesn't really line up, though. They could have done a better job with that, but that's fine. Connie walks into frame, and she says, This is Laura's yearbook. She had a secret hiding place. And Aaron finishes that behind the wall near the floor. And Connie gives him a look, and Aaron tells her that he lives in her old house. He's like, I know this is hard to talk about, but uh, how'd she die? <laughs> Man, Connie looks at him up and down, and Connie tells him that they only lived in the house a few weeks when Laura started telling everyone she thought it was haunted. She found out it was built on an old cemetery or something, and said there was an evil creature lurking in the walls. But she was sick. She had this fever. The doctors didn't know what was wrong. 
and Laura said it was the ghost. Aaron asks what happened. Connie continues telling him, saying that nobody believed her, but how could they? They thought it was the fever. So she said she had to get rid of the ghost herself. Aaron asks how, and Connie tells him that she took a book on magic one night. She lit some candles, and nobody knows what happened. The room caught on fire, and and then she... <laughs> Connie turns around to cry, which I guess is understandable. And Aaron yep. tells her, I think I know what happened. This had to have happened, like, I don't know, six weeks ago? I know! That's what I'm <laughs> saying! Tatiana Ali looks exactly the same in present day as she did... In the flashback of Laura dying. Yeah. And you know what? Even as a kid, because this came out in, what, 1994, I think? Even as a kid when I seen this, I was like, wait a second. So you're telling me that this house, this room in this house caught on fire and she died, presumably from the fire. And they turned around and resold this house already? Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. And They also, just slapped some paint on the ashes and... <laughs> Yeah, they just took a roller and covered up all the burn marks on the wall or something? Like, what? That's how the family with the lumpy bed can afford this house. It was very cheap. Also, when you buy a house that somebody's died in, don't they have to tell you that somebody died in your house? I don't know Canadian law. I suppose, but I think that common courtesy would be like, oh yeah, and six weeks ago, (laughs) a teenage girl burned to death. (laughs) Yesterday, uh, this girl was trying to summon the devil, and she just uh, melted a bit, but <laughs> check out these windows. Ooh, check out this lumpy bed. It comes with the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, throw in a lumpy bed for free. <laughs> Sold. We cut back to Doug in his room, and he's got this creepy as hell blow-up clown punching bag or something. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why they decided to unpack that first. It makes no sense. <laughs> he he coughs. He reaches for his glass of water, but it's empty. And he says he ain't getting up to go get some more. A cold wind blows through Doug's hair. And he looks over at the water and it starts to refill on its own. And Doug freaks out and he hides under his blanket. Okay, so this ghost can create water. This ghost can can solve the world's energy problems yes everything it can create create water Water. this ghost can populate other planets this ghost can terraform mars (laughs) exactly yes there's other parts of the world that this ghost would be like really useful to be in seriously like like it could conjure clean drinking water (laughs) like if this ghost is linked to Aaron and Doug like man ship them off to Africa and let leave them there yeah yes just be like boy I sure am thirsty they should probably go to Australia right now just have yeah. the ghost conjure hoses just hang, of water hang there. Doug out of a helicopter and be like boy I sure could use 10,000 swimming pools full of water to drink <laughs> there we go we just Solved everything. All the problems. No, we didn't. Because that ghost does nothing. Cutting back to Aaron and Connie, Aaron tells her that weird things have been happening ever since that ever since they moved into the house. He's like, I had this dream where this girl I thought it was you, but it was Laura. (laughs) Connie gets really upset. She doesn't want to hear this, but Aaron doesn't stop. And he says, She was doing some kind of magic to get rid of this ghost, but it didn't work. 
And then she looked at me. She looked right at me, Connie. And she said, I did it wrong. She was telling me how to get rid of the ghost. And Connie shakes her head. And she says, I don't, I, I can't believe this. I, I don't want to believe this. And she starts to walk away. But Aaron says, look, I'm sorry if this is mean. But you didn't believe her the first time. And look what happened. <laughs> oh, fuck. He is a comedian. <laughs> That's the best roast I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like, God damn, that is mean. Like, what the fuck? Her twin sister died. Your sister died because of you. <laughs> He's basically like, yeah, you didn't believe her. And she died <laughs> Do you remember last her. week when she asked for your help? And you were like, nah, son. And then she burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Damn, Aaron, you <laughs> asshole. He's right, though. I mean, he's not wrong. You're right. <laughs> he tells Connie, it's happening again. My brother is sick, and I'm not going to let any ghost or whatever hurt him. Write that down, Brandon. He says, I've seen it. I believe. I need your help. Laura's giving you a second chance. <laughs> we cut back over to Doug. He's looking around his room. He says, hello, Quicksilver? If that's what you are. It does mean you're friendly, right? And then a cool breeze blows at him again. Like, no wonder he's got a fucking fever. This ghost is just <laughs> killing him. <laughs> Doug, can't, Doug can't believe this shit. He goes to get a sip of that conjured water. But the table shakes and it knocks, it knocks that water all over the ground. He grabs his baseball bat, and then he runs to the door, but the door opens up just as he gets to it, and in pops Aaron. Doug starts to scream, telling Aaron that there's two ghosts, a good one and a bad one, and the Quicksilver was here, but the bad one came, and, and, and but then he gets consoled by Aaron, and, and Aaron's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Connie pops into the room. Doug asks why she's here, and Aaron tells him that she's going to help him get rid of the bad ghost. And Doug nods, they get, he gets back in bed, and Aaron asks where Mom is, and Doug tells him that she's out getting Dad from work, and Aaron's like, good, we gotta do this before they get back. And Connie walks into the room, she's in it all the way now, she's looking around at everything since it used to be her room, I assume, and she's like, feels so weird being here after all this time. Which, is it Connie? Can't be that long ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why Laura is not communicating with Connie here. She could be slipping shit across the room. She's in her room. You think she'd be pretty psyched to talk to her sister. It's established that she can go into people's minds and talk to them there. It's also established that she can write on walls. Well, she can write a Q on the wall. Is there a rule saying she can't write an A or an S or a T? Well, she doesn't do any of that. She just writes a Q. No. She has all these tools to communicate, and she does nothing. She pushes pencils. She could scoot something across the floor, and like she could scoot that piece of chalk across the floor and write a message, right? I guess she can write on walls. Ah, <sighs> well. Doug coughs, and the kids dump just a bunch of shit on his bed. There's the candle holders, the stick, the book. Aaron tells everyone that this is the stuff Laura used in her dreams, and Connie tells him that Mom didn't have the heart to throw it away. How convenient. Wouldn't it have made more sense if this was the stuff in Laura's hidey hole? I mean, I guess she didn't have time to put it in there or whatever, but wouldn't it be more... No, she was too busy screaming and burning alive. (laughs) 
Doug asks what they're going to do, and Connie tells them that they're going to finish what Laura started. So Aaron draws the door on the wall with the chalk, as Connie tells him to draw the door on the wall with chalk till bright. (laughs) And then she says the second line of the poem from the book, and it doesn't rhyme at all. She says, Surrounded by candlelight so pure, place incense and herbs in a brazier to burn. I think pure and burn are supposed to rhyme, kind of, if you say it stupidly. Yeah, I can't do that, though. Pure, burn. Well, then she says, Arabarius loco radi, creature of the darkness, come to me. <laughs> Fucking Dr. Seuss bullshit. Oh. And wham wazzle, whoa, did he appear. <laughs> The kids look at the chalk doorway, and of course the monster pops out of it. And Doug's like, it worked! Connie continues reading, saying, as... I couldn't really hear this, but as Starkus enters ready its cage, I think, a wand made of oak tied with silver will hold the creature at bay and forbid it to stray. Why is this book in rhymes? Because there's magic in... Repetition. Shandu can do. That's all they needed to do. They held that wand. Shandu can do. Blasted that thing into next Tuesday. Done. She continues reading. Order the night creature into the amulet. Arubarius loco radet. There he will be for an eternity kept. We look at the wall and the old man finishes materializing out of the doorway. Doug screams. The kids look scared. The man looks like he just woke up and saw the sun for the first time. Like his eyes are hurting. As Connie starts commanding it to enter the amulet, Doug yells for Aaron to do something, and the monster man reaches down, it grabs Doug, and then it vanishes as Aaron tries to tackle it. So Doug is gone. (laughs) Alright. He was really the Tucker of the story, anyway. He's very Tucker-like, isn't he? Yeah. Well, Aaron didn't get to help his brother. (laughs) Aaron looks around, and then he says... Oh, that thing's got my brother. <laughs> and Connie tells him, well, they did everything the book says. And Aaron's like, Laura said she did it wrong. We must have missed something. We must have. And the kids look slowly over at the doorway. And Connie says that it's coming back. The kids scramble to reread the book to figure out what they did wrong. And Aaron looks up at the spoon at the end of the wand. And he's like, this isn't silver. It's steel. So he throws that spoon away. He grabs his necklace. He puts it into the wand. He commands the creature to stay where it's at, and that makes the creature stop. And then he commands it into the amulet, and we watch as the monster gets sucked into the stone for all eternity. This monster did nothing. He gave Doug a hug, and then disappeared. (laughs) Did you like the effects of the monster getting sucked into a a salt crystal for all eternity? Yeah, I did actually. It was really cool. I thought it was cool too. He should have yelled no as he was getting sucked into it though. That would have been better. Well, he he didn't yell a single goddamn thing. No, he didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. He's just like, well, paternity for me and a little crystal. <laughs> well, I'm in the void. We cut to Doug's bed where Doug gets thrown into it and he says, What a ride! And Aaron looks over, asks Doug if he's doing okay. And Doug's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he doesn't look sick anymore. We look over at Connie who says, guys, look. And we look at the door where... And Laura materializes through. The brother looks on. Connie apologizes to Laura. And Laura reaches out. Connie hands her the crystal with the soul of the monster in it. And then they smile. And Connie says that she misses her. And the two girls smooch 
their hands and then they press them together <laughs> which i don't know why <laughs> never understood that um because they can't interact too much it's a split screen yeah i know but i've never in my 31 years of life have done that to somebody where i just my hand and then push it against somebody else's <laughs> it was their thing they had a secret handshake <laughs> A little secret smooch shake. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Laura walks over, and then she phases through the chalk door. Connie backs up. She's looking sad. And then we get Kiki's voiceover saying that because Connie finished what her sister started, Doug got better, and neither ghost were ever seen again. The end. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I guess only one child was murdered by the ghost. That's... A plus? Well, do you think that she was murdered by the ghost, or do you think she died in the fire? Both. What happened to Doug when he got taken by the ghost? Was he just, like, in the walls know, of the house? It was fun, whatever it was. It was a ride, yeah. I would. My first thing would be like, Doug, what happened? Did you go to the afterlife? What was it like? Tell Seriously. me Seriously. Did you see Grandma? What was going on in there? Was it just the back of this wall? Was it pipes? What happened? He was just swirling around in his cloak. <laughs> that could be it, yeah. <laughs> What did the poltergeist want with Doug? Why did he take Doug? Doug's just Tucker. <laughs> what does he want with anyone? <laughs> I don't know, man. If he was just some person who died in that graveyard that the house was built on, and he's like, all right, I want everyone to leave this house, um, that still doesn't really explain walking at them and hugging them. And smiling at them. I don't know. I don't know what his motivations are. Why is he in just that one room? That's on the second story. Wouldn't If he was buried in the cemetery, wouldn't he be haunting, like, the basement? You'd think. This episode, I feel like it takes inspiration from Poltergeist a lot. With the whole stacking. Have you seen Poltergeist? Yes. Okay. With the whole stacking of stuff in a tower thing and the whole cemetery <laughs> brushed over nonsense. I feel like this is just taking inspiration from Poltergeist. The punching bag clown thing? Vaguely. Yeah, they didn't do anything with it, though. No. Well, despite all of the laughing points of this episode, I still like it. And I think I like it just mostly because of Tatiana Ali. Yeah, she's a tour de force. Yeah, um, I feel like whenever they have, like, a star, like, I feel like Bobby Budnick or Melissa Joan Hart, that they really steal the show. Well, that's why they're stars. Good point, good point. Back at the Midnight Society, we cut over to Tucker, who says, So if you're going to use magic, make sure you do it right. And Gary stands up. We get that cool aerial shot again from the beginning. It shows all the kids sitting around the campfire. Gary grabs the bucket. He declares the meeting over, and he throws the water on the fire. And we cut back to Tucker, who, of course, plays a few notes on that fucking recorder again. And suddenly there's a crash of thunder... And it initiates some rain, and we watch all the kids scatter. Rain starts pouring on Tucker, who says, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Wait for me. Oh, my God. That's the end of the episode. I knew that was going to come back up, that he was going to summon rain with his stupid fucking recorder. I knew that was going to happen, and I still hated it. Well, why did he bring it to the meeting in the first place? I can't answer that, man. He stole it from his dad's shop. He thought it would impress Sam or something. I don't know. Does he even like Sam? Everybody likes Sam. Okay. Man, uh, what do you think the moral of the story is? I mean, I want to say don't trust ghosts, but... (laughs) 
I do that for every episode. That's that's just the motto of the show at this point. The the moral of the story is winners don't use drugs. <laughs> Let's go with that one, sure. The moral of the story is that the less descript a book is, the more information it has. The more made up information. <laughs> Man, the tale of the Quicksilver. You didn't even you didn't even give a guess as to what that was gonna be about. I I couldn't. And there's no way I could have. No, there's they not. Ma- they just made up a Quicksilver. Whatever whatever that is, they made it up. It's a cool name, though. I like Quicksilver. It sounds pretty, pretty sweet. Um, I guess. But I think we could probably come up with some better names for that. Yeah, let's give it a try. Uh, the Tale of Sister Sister? <laughs> the Tale of the Lumpy Bed? The Tale of the Salt Crystal? The Tale of the Wasted Water? So much they could have done with that. Well, you know, they have the power to conjure water, but they don't do it on anything. She should have poured water on the fire. Do you think she could conjure water before she died? (sighs) That would have been cool. That would have been pretty cool, yeah. She could have been a superhero and named herself Quicksilver. Whoa. Um, the tale of the sizzled yearbook. (laughs) Alright, forgive me for this. Okay. The tale... Of the flesh ghost of hell scare. <laughs> I had one, uh, but I don't remember what it was. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got today. I, that's all I got on this one, I think. Alright, Quicksilver's perfect. Oh, you know what, Brandon? That spoon. That spoon killed that little <laughs> teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> the tail of <laughs> fuck that spoon. <laughs> Maybe if she read more books, she'd know that spoons aren't made of silver. They're made of steel. <laughs> what if she just had a silver spoon? Like, I don't know. That spoon is the reason why Laura died. Yep. It's really all Connie's fault, though. Yeah, if she would have believed her. I'm on Aaron's side. <laughs> Connie would have known. She would have been like, that's steel, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know this, but Connie actually takes, like, like metal metal shop yeah. class she's like i have this silver ingot in my backpack <laughs> could have used this all along <laughs> um all right brandon do you want to know what the next episode is going to be please all right and please tell me alfonso ribiero is in it he's not the next episode damn it is the tale of the crimson clown a clown story? Yeah. How many clown stories can you do? Brandon, how many ghost stories can you do? <laughs> Every other episode Two? is a ghost story. <laughs> We've had one other clown story. I feel like clowns are just... They're just played out. We need another doll story. Evil dolls. That's the ticket. <sighs> Alright, Crimson Clown. Who do you think's going to tell this one? <sighs> it's not going to be Betty Ann. She wouldn't do. She wouldn't do that. She's got. She's got more tricks up her sleeve than just another clown story. I think this is a Frank. It's got to be a Frank. There's only two episodes left this season, and we haven't had a Frank story yet. So we've had eleven Tucker stories, no <laughs> Frank stories. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You hear the tale of the Crimson Clown. What do you think it's going to be about? Uh, a new 
girl moves into a new town and everybody's excited for the circus that comes into town once a year. And she's like, what's so great about the circus? And they're like, oh, man, have you seen Crimson Clown? And they're like, she's like, what? No. And they're like, oh, he's so funny. And then she goes to the circus and the clown stops his performance and stares right at her. Yeah. And talks to her as if he knows her. And then she sees this clown in her dreams later that night. And the clown kills her. All right. Sure. And that's why he's crimson. Just bathes in her blood. Yeah. Awesome. Not really. <laughs> well, I don't think it's going to be that. But but let's uh, find out in about a week when we talk about it. Okay. But I'm done talking to you, Brandon. I've been up all night. I got to go back to my Thank lumpy God. bed. <laughs> go back to sleep. Lucky you. I know, right? I... You know, we got this house, and I didn't know it was going to come with a lumpy bed, but now I got to sleep in it. All right. I'm going to bed, Brady. I've been up all night. I'm tired. All right. I will see you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.